Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bring him in now. Speaking of some bucks uh, for the Milwaukee uh, Pro Hoops postgame show. Bill Babytown Schmidt joining us, uh, co-host of the big show on our flagship station out of Milwaukee. Schmidt, how you doing, buddy? Billy, good hearing from you. Good to uh, get the All-Star weekend behind us now. 28 games to go until we get to get into what everybody's been waiting for, and that's the NBA postseason. Okay, here's my question. Uh, did Giannis not learn anything from the postseason by the way he played in the fourth quarter of the All-Star game? Bill, I'm not going to take too much uh, credence into what we saw in the last fourth quarter of that All-Star game. Frankly, I'm surprised that it was even a game. Uh, when, when you look at the two teams on paper, I expected Giannis's team and made a couple of uh, friendly wagers with some of my buddies that they were going to get blown out by 15, 18. Obviously, the NBA wasn't going to let that happen. It was, it was a good run. Here's the issue with the team that was on the floor for Giannis. And I know you guys are going to talk to Rick Buecher uh, uh, tomorrow. The, here's the issue that I had with it. They had no closers. They had young guys that were all hungry first-time All-Stars then turn into Giannis and say, all right, go against Kawhi Leonard, best perimeter defender you can find. LeBron James has been doing it at both ends of the court, I think four or five-time all-first-team NBA. He, you, you look on that group that they were going up against. It was, who's going to be able to take the last shot? Giannis, ah, you know what? Maybe Kemba, he's won a national title. He had no closers. His team was by far the inferior team. They were able to keep it close. They had the nine-point lead, blow it late. I'm not going to take much into it, but I understand where the conversation is going to happen because – we still have not seen this guy get to the mountaintop at 25 years old. Let's just keep that in the back of our minds. Um, I look, it's a it's a glorified exhibition. Who cares? You know, right. I, it's not Game Seven of the NBA Finals, so I'm not worried about what. what and we'll, like you said, we'll have Rick Buecher on tomorrow. Uh, him and Jason Whitlock both seem to think that this had some kind of significance to Giannis's ability to close out a series. So. I guess we're just going to wait and see come the end of the season, but I, I think it's kind of you know hypocritical. So no also, let me ask you this, um, because I think what we're all waiting for, is this fair? And I don't know if you get this during the postgame show. We're all waiting for, does Bledsoe go away in the postseason or does he stand firm? Did he really develop a championship medal coming through last year, as Coach Bud has said on the program? You know, is Middleton, I mean, are they deep enough with so many different role players that it really doesn't matter if somebody goes away that they can kind of kind of go through this and withstand and then and still overcome? That's the biggest question to me. 100%. And, and also, Bill, when, when you talk about Eric Bledsoe, not only the scoring production that you got to watch out for with Eric Bledsoe, it's the mentality that he has going into those games and, and the type of aggression that he's attacking the, the bucket with. When You've seen it. In the games, they're 5-0 and once Giannis has not played, right? In all of those games, you've seen Eric Bledsoe morph himself back into, I'm the number one guy, Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. And, and he's the only guy on that core out of the big three, you know, Giannis, him, and, and Chris Middleton, who I think have done it elsewhere as the number one scoring option. They've seen that it's not always, the grass isn't always greener when you have to be there carrying the load in 
Phoenix or for a really badly run L.A. Clippers team. You know, that was before the ownership change that he was over there with the L.A. Clippers. So, so he's been in these tough organizations, these tough spots. The issue that I have with Eric Bledsoe and the one that I'm most excited to see how it plays out once we get to April and May is does he continue with that mentality of attacking the rim, knowing they need him more in more game to game than they may have in years past. They need him to continue with that type of aggression towards the cup. Once zone defenses start getting played against this Bucks team, because they're they're going to happen. They're going to try to play a little bit more zone against Giannis and help with the big inside. Everybody does that back into fifth grade when you see the one kid trot out that's six two. All right, let's run zone. Try to box this kid in and and send multiple bodies at him. That's when you need. Eric Bledsoe to be the slasher that he's been. Chris Middleton, I'm not all that worried about getting into the postseason because he has performed well, albeit outside of the Toronto series where everybody went cold. Chris Middleton has been a playoff performer. Eric Bledsoe, not so much. That's the one where get into the second round. I I can't see them struggling at all with, with Orlando if that's who they get matched up with in round one. Brooklyn's a little bit different of a story. That might be a little bit more fun. But come second, third round time, when you're seeing the same guy three, four, five nights in a row, that's when Eric Bledsoe's aggressiveness towards the hoop has to continue to be the same that we've seen on nights when Giannis hasn't played. Who right now do you uh, – there, there's a couple of role players. I mean, obviously Lopez and company, when they go down low and they're playing rim blockers, it's fantastic defensively right. speaking. I mean, you've got a bunch of different role players. You've got a guy like Kyle Korver who can come off the bench, Dante DiVincenzo. It seems to me, and I was going to ask you who kind of the uh, the X-Factor role player is, but Dante, if you look at the numbers, the positive like war numbers, if you will, Dante DiVincenzo has been amazing this year, coming back, coming back from that injury from last year, right? And Billy, I thought this was an interesting part of the acquisitions of Kyle Korver, Wes Matthews in particular, because Wes Matthews was brought in on the minimum contract to be the starting two guard, right? We, we get that. You want to bring a veteran in who's been around the league. He was brought in to take Dante DiVincenzo around the league, it felt like to me. And much like we see in other sports, much like you see with aging veterans, the vet is brought in to be replaced by the young kid. You, you want the young guy to take over the job as the starter. For Dante, the way he plays, you can say this about a lot of guys, but certain big-time role players understand how to be better when better players are around them. And it goes back to the same argument of, well, he's a number one elsewhere. Can Bradley Beal fall in line with somebody else? Dante DiVincenzo seems to relish in the role of being the fourth or fifth most talented player on the floor so he can go out and do all the little things, do all the things that basketball IQ helps you have you see a guy do it a lot in LA and I use this example with the Clippers a lot is Pat Beverly is Patrick Beverly the best player on the floor no is he the most talented physically imposing on that group no but he's going to know exactly where he needs to be to one infuriate the opponent and you do that on the defensive end picking passing lanes knowing routes trying to be able to to dive on loose balls all the dirty stuff you see Dante do it reminds me of the scrappy guy that teams have had on the bench in years past. And also, they tend to get more and more run come playoff time. Dante's been in that role, and I expected him to take over the spot for Wes Matthews. It speaks to how well he's played in that two-guard spot to be able to hold on to it, defending the ball left and right, defending multiple positions. But they have a threat there 
with DiVincenzo along with Wesley Matthews and, and Kyle Korver can get thrown into that mix. And so can Pat Connaughton. I mean, every once in a while he disappears from the rotations as well. But that's the part of that spot where you need somebody to be able to take advantage of the minimal opportunities they're going to get and do all the little things. And he's been able to do that in his first real full season in the NBA. He was hurt for the majority of last year, Bill, right? And I think when you get that opportunity to go around the league, see how it's played, see how the season affects multiple guys, then take inventory and put that into your own work. He's in a really, really good spot where he is year two. Um, hey, before I let you go, by the way, we're talking with Baby Tosh, Bill Schmidt, uh, host of the uh, the afternoon show on our flagship station, 105.7 FM, The Fan, and also the Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show uh, on the same station as well. So, uh, Coach Bud, uh, you know, I know he had talked about, well, he learned a few things, and there's some things he didn't learn, and then his team got better. And So is there anything you see different? Because last year it seemed like it was just – wasn't a lot of adjustments. It was just go out, do your thing, and and let sure. it fly, and you'll you'll win a ball game. Uh, in the end, they ultimately didn't. Do you think he's done things differently this season? Just watching day in and day out. I think a little bit, Bill, and I think also some of it is just being comfortable within the system, within the scheme, within the fit. But also as a coach, you have to be from you have to be familiar with your talent. You have to be familiar with your players and and being able to now in the last two years as Wisconsin sports fans, we get to saw it with coach Bud with a really, really talented group. How was he able to bring his own system and his own philosophies, but then tailor it towards the players. I think it took a little bit longer for Bud to realize, Hey man, Brooke Lopez made $18 million a year in, in this league, averaging 17, 18 a game playing on the block while he can step out and stretch the offense shoot some more threes, and we can add that to his arsenal. We don't want to restrict the things guys do really, really well. Chris Middleton, a lot was made about him shooting more mid-range jump shots, being more comfortable with the way that he has always played historically. I think you've seen more of those sets where you've seen Brooke play on the block a little bit more than just outside. Chris having a little bit more openness to shoot the mid-range, as to last year it was, get behind the three-point line, let's maximize your touches. And also, too, with Giannis, I've seen the adjustment of they don't play Giannis on the basketball all that much as they did last year and in years past, where when Jason Kidd brought it in and said, we want Giannis to run more of the point guard spot, it was a lot of, all right, we're going to have him standing 30 feet away, run with a full head of steam, either get fouled or get to the paint. They've used him without the basketball more in, in trying to get him paint touches, and I think it's opened up everybody else around because he is such a threat coming down into the paint with the ball or not with without the basketball it draws more attention away from him allows you to capitalize on it those slight coaching things i think bud has been open to maneuvering as well but he's also bill i think he's really just settling in to a really really good group and continually keeping the group loose enough that it's hard when you're, what, 46-8 and eight now after the All-Star break to have some complacency set in. That dude coaches his butt off whether they're down 30 or up 30 with two and a half minutes left. So he is going to go full bore worrying about them getting better. That part of Bud's game, I'm glad, hasn't changed. But the game in and game out kinds of things, I've seen him be more open to going game-specific to try to go get a win than maybe he was in years past of let's just do our own thing and let the chips fall where they may. 
Always good, my friend. We will talk to you soon, and uh, we'll keep listening when you uh, start back up with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, after the uh, after the games are over with, as the season gets underway, the unofficial second half of the season. All right, pal? Thursday night, baby. Can't wait. We have Sidney Moncrief join us, the Bucks legend, and uh, all your listeners right on that Radio.com app. You can catch us after each and every game. There you have it. Good stuff. Baby Taos, join- all right, buddy. Baby Taos, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. Eighty plus years, they've been getting it done. Call them eight hundred forty four Pride or go to SchneiderJobs.com. Eight hundred forty four Pride or go to SchneiderJobs.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.